Alright, race fans, welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast with Casper the host. This is your home for all the racing news and nonsense you actually need. Whether you're here for some dirty talk or the juicy details of my asphalt affair, just remember this show is by fan for the fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright, race fans, welcome into the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast. This is going to be my Asphalt Affair episode. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to talk about all things that happened at the Richmond Raceway. We're going to cover some of the uh, news from the week, including the appeals, uh, the lack of Daniel Suarez penalty. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some racing that we're not going to mention where they don't have fenders at the very end. And, uh, hey, we're going to talk about everything coming from cover the points. We're going to look and see where my picks are doing points-wise. And uh, it's going to be a great week. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Let's do this thing. All right, guys. Welcome to the Asphalt Affairs episode of the Caution Flag Contemplations podcast. This is going to be your preseason NASCAR preview show. We're going to talk about all things NASCAR. Talk about a little cup, Xfinity, trucks. I'm going to make some bold predictions at the end of this thing. You guys better hold on to your horses because it's going to be wild. Calling all iRacers. This is an emergency alert. For those of you that have paint schemes that make you look slow, there is only one place to go, and that will be RockyTopRaceWraps.com. For all of your iRacing needs, you guys know the faster it looks, the faster it goes. A good wrap will add at least 15 horsepower. I've heard that some of the wraps from Rocky Top Race Wraps add up to 97 horsepower. So I recommend you head on over there. Look at uh, RockyTopRaceWraps.com. Be sure to uh, send them a message. And, uh, hey, they might give you a deal if you mention the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. They might. They probably will. But uh, head on over there. uh, Get some help making your ride look nice. Thanks. All right. As always, thank you to our wonderful fine sponsors here on the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast. Old Rocky Top Race Wraps has been with us a while. Y'all be sure to go to RockyTopRaceWraps.com. Look them up on Facebook at the... Rocky Top Race Wraps official on Facebook. Be sure to get on there. Get you guys a wrap. Okay. Uh, just want to shout them out for being with us since this thing started. So, all right, guys. Here we are. We, uh, we're we going to knock out this deal. Okay. It's a great weekend racing as far as I'm concerned. Um, I enjoyed the cup race. I don't know if everybody else did. I, uh, to quote Ross Chain, yes, I was entertained. I really was entertained. <sighs> And I'm I'm pretty glad about it, okay? Um, And this is why I'm entertained, just kind of overall. I just kind of want to say this before we get into the details, but I've been on Twitter for an entire day before I record this, and I have not seen the package or shifting mentioned at all. And that is what we want. So, NASCAR props. All right, moving on. So, uh, unfortunately... As per usual here lately, um, the cup race comes around, and guess what, guys? We rained out qualifying in practice yet again. And um, so that was interesting. So uh, there was qualifying for this race, though, for those of you who don't know. It was on Wednesday uh, when Hendrick got 100 points back on a, every driver, which uh, allowed them to start uh, first, third, and ninth instead of, you know, 35th, 36th, 37th. So, um, <laughs> that worked out pretty good for Hendrick that they got those points back on the appeal this week before the rain out. I'm sure, you know, Colleague uh, probably would have liked that as well if Justin Haley could have got his points back <laughs> before this and all that. But, hey, that's not what happened. So, anyways, uh, after the rain out, front row is Alex Bowman and Kyle Busch. Because I don't know if you guys know, but Alex Bowman's the points leader. He's just kind of doing Alex Bowman quiet, quiet, hacky little things, and he's the points leader. So, um, you know, works out good for him. But 
Uh, front rows, uh, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Ross Chastain, row two, Tyler Reddick rounding out the top five. Nobody else is really worth mentioning. I will mention Kyle Larson started in ninth, okay? Um, Chandler Smith in the 13 car, his first ever cup race in the third college car in the 13. Finished, I'm, I'm sorry, started 37th. Um, personally, I care a lot about 13 car because of what's coming up next week. So, uh, anyways, that was the lineup. We go into stage one here. Um, and, you know, we're just doing typical typical race things. Uh, just kind of, you know, getting fired up here at Richmond on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's a little hot, a little slick. Uh, not too hot, but, but sunny enough that the track was a little slick. I think they said track temp was around 100, so it was, it was interesting. But um, let's see. Stage one, our first caution comes out for the competition caution in stage one. That was like lap 31. Uh, not a whole lot going on there. Um, at state lap 45, Dennis Hamlin decides for apparent no apparent reason that I have really figured out. Uh, I haven't listened to Actions Detrimental. It's not out. I would like to hear. It. I'm sorry, he's not going to say anything on there, guys. I forgot he can't talk about wrecking people on purpose. <laughs> NASCAR, it's a shame you ruined this for us because we all really wanted to hear why Denny turned JJ Yaley in the Rick Ware car. Um, I definitely wanted to hear, but um, yeah. So uh, Denny turned JJ Yaley. Uh, I'm sure if you ask him, nope, didn't do it on purpose. It was uh, completely accidental. And, uh, yep, I've never wrecked anybody on purpose in my entire career because that's the answer he should give. So, uh, thank you, NASCAR, for making that a no story. I really appreciate that because he clearly did turn him intentionally. And uh, I would really like to know why, and he probably would have told us if you guys didn't zip his mouth. So, uh, hopefully that appeal goes this week and something happens with it. We'll talk about that more here in a little bit. Um, but I hope Danny gets his points back. That's basically the scheme of that story. Um the end of stage one let's see we had uh let me make sure yeah no more cautions there at the end of stage one your stage winner was william byron followed by kyle larson ross chastain kevin harvick joe Logano, tyler reddick alex bowman christopher bell brad keselowski and chase briscoe uh yet again brad keselowski has really been running solid and the reason i say that is because i did not expect them to be as solid as they've been this year and i continue to see them get stage points dang near week in week out so good job to brad's team there uh, on that but um during that stage break caution my favorite little hero um uh denny hamlin i think it was during that stage break caution was speeding on pit road i'm not sure hold on just a second i'm gonna get that information for y'all just so i can be sure i'm not lying sorry y'all i was incorrect denny hamlin was speeding uh during the competition caution um that was his first speeding penalty of the year um you know good job denny um ah you know we know that you're like the all-time leader uh of uh, speeding on pit road so glad you're finally back to your old ways uh didn't break my heart at all to see that happen so oh uh, yeah so Den that's what i guess that's what got denny in the back i guess that you know what i just answered my own question i was talking about that's why he turned jj yaley because he was mad he was in the back because he has no talent and um he just ran over jj yaley for fun i guess uh maybe if denny could quit speeding on pit road jj yaley would have been able to finish the race um un un untouched so uh, sorry, JJ. We'll work on him, and hopefully, we'll get him better for you. You, uh, you deserve better. You and your Rick Ware Racing team that finishes um, dead last every week. Actually, in all fairness, the 15 is usually the better finishing car, but uh, not this week. So, um, anyways, moving on from Dennis Hamlin there. So they got in that wreck there, um, and that kind of wrapped up. Then we had stage in, and going into stage two here. Uh, we got into more of what I think is the Richmond race um, that everybody was kind of expecting. Uh, we went about 20 laps there into that stage. Into lap 95, Blaney spun Barry. Some people say that Barry, you know, was just slowed down too hard. I believe Blaney said he can't go into the corner and just stop like that. And I, I guess he's right. I just want to say, I feel like, I, I, I don't have the uh, I don't have the data to tell you guys when this was, but I feel like this is a common thing 
for Ryan Blaney at short tracks. I feel like it was at Martinsville, kind of the same thing. He's like, he ran in the back of somebody. He's like, he can't just go in there and hit the brakes. Well, man, that's usually what you do to slow down and make the turn is hit the brakes. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I guess, you know, you can be frustrated if you're Blaney, but, I mean, you you still have two pedals in your car, so don't complain about what somebody else does. And if, you know, if you if you feel like he did something to deserve getting turned for, then just I mean, say, hey, he, if he's going to come in here and do it, I'm going to turn him every time. I guess that's fine. And then you'll probably start getting turned uh, when you're having handling issues or bobbler or whatever as well, and that's that's what you should get. So, I, you know, Ryan Blaney, not my favorite driver. I don't really understand why he felt the need to turn Josh Berry there at lap 95, but, hey, it was what it was. Okay, so we do that. Um not a whole whole lot going on there um you know just kind of doing our thing but uh <clears throat> we get get back going there and we go for the long green run that you know a lot of people were expecting to be this race after our short track races last year you know with nothing but green 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 and other than a caution right uh, for the stage break and um you know the interesting thing was the Hendrick cars, Byron and Larson, had been out front, looked pretty good. Uh, Chastain was up there for a time, and like you know, it it was <clears throat> it was a fairly competitive race. But this is what I really enjoyed about stage two. Uh, we had what we like to call comers and goers. For those of you that don't know what that is, that is some people that fade and some people that come to the front as the tires uh, age, as the run progresses, as the track changes. Um, and that's what we want to see. We want to see movement front to back, and then somebody that falls back try to get better and get back to the front, right? Like, that's what we want to see throughout out a NASCAR Cup Series race. And, you know, this that kind of opens me up to my whole thing about I don't like all these shortened race lengths that we run now. Uh, we don't run 500-mile races. We don't run 500-lap races. I'm about to talk about that here in a minute. I'm not going to rant, but... Um, you know, and that really takes away from the whole comers and goers things. You you get, it's more like you have somebody that's good at the beginning of the race, that then sucks for the rest of the race. They don't really ever get a chance to get it right and then make a run back up to the field. And I like, I feel like in the Cup Series, you should be able to be good and then have to make enough changes to to stay good. Sometimes that means you get bad and go back to good, but they cut them off. My rant about the the race links. I listened to some of this race uh, on MRN. On my phone because I enjoy MRN and um, listen uh, the guy from Martinsville is on there and I didn't realize this and I, I guess I didn't realize this last year because I was actually at the racetrack okay but Martinsville is 400 laps in the spring no uh -uh, not okay not okay um, needs to be longer I'm sorry um, 400 laps isn't long enough at Martinsville I want it to hurt when they get out of the car I want it to be you know it, it doesn't matter if it's the... I know that the race in the fall, the X-2500, it's still a 500-lap race. I just don't want a 400-lap race at Martinsville. I did not realize it was 400 laps sitting in the seats last year, and now I want them to pay me some money back because I thought it was going to be a 500-lap race. I didn't enjoy it because it was, you know, one of the most boring short track races we've ever seen at one of the best tracks in America. And uh, it broke my heart to see that race go the way that it did, but... It is what it is, right? You guys heard me say it on here a million times. It is what it is. So, um, anyways, it was good to see. The Toyotas kind of got uh, really strong there as I digress back to what we need to do here. The Toyotas got really good um, later in the run. They were much faster than um, the Hendrick Chevys and um, who were dominating. And Christopher Bell's car was really good on a 50 plus lap run he was quicker than anybody by a lot car really came into him um i'm not sure exactly why i would i would really like to kind of know why I, if you guys listen to denny's podcast this week he might talk about it a little bit he might not i'm not sure but uh, it's interesting to see toyota run good obviously richmond is a track that has been somewhat dominated by toyotas as of late they um they even sponsor the race so it's when, when your brand sponsors the race you want to win right I mean, Ford Championship weekend, you want to win. Toyota owners, 400. If you're in a Toyota, there's extra pressure to win, right? Uh, you don't want to lose that. You don't want uh, Chevy taking home a trophy that says Toyota on it, right? That's not what you're looking for. Um, so, 
I like the parity there. You know, Hendrick cars have been pretty strong all year. I liked it on the long runs on the short track. We saw the um, Joe Gibbs cars look good. They all look good. Hamlin was quick. I know he had the speeding issue uh, twice, but we haven't got the second one yet. But uh, he had that. Truex looked quick. Uh, even Ty Gibbs, you know, he was running up through there. Bell obviously led a good chunk of laps there. Uh, Christopher Bell ended up leading uh, like 26 laps. Um, Martin Truex led 56 laps. Like I said, there was some other guys uh, that led laps. Hammond led 71, you know. And that was all kind of in that second stage, beginning of third stage uh, part of the race. And, you know... It was uh it was it, it was nice to kind of just watch the race be natural. Uh, honestly, when the caution came out there, I was a little, for the stage break. I was kind of like, Ugh. which I've been hating on some of these people all week. That's been like, let's get rid of cautions for stage breaks. Let's just race for points. And then all of a sudden, I'm kind of like, huh, maybe we should just race for points <laughs> and not put the caution out because I was kind of like wanting that race to go green a little bit and see what happened i i do enjoy the strategy behind green flag racing especially when there's tire fall off because you know if you have the opportunity to run two or three hundred laps some of the crew chiefs might look at that tire fall off and say well because we're running this long without a caution maybe i should pit an extra time or you know i i liked it it the tire fall off allows for strategy options um somewhat so um it almost made me wish it didn't but it is what it is. We're still still racing stages. So, uh, like I said, the second stage there was pretty well dominated by Toyota. Hamlin wins the stage. That is Denny Hamlin's first stage win of the year, which is good for his recovery for coming back from speeding there. Uh, the running order for uh, stage two, top ten, was uh, Hamlin, Bell, Byron, Truex, Ross Chastain, Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick, and Ty Gibbs. So if you guys didn't catch that, that is four Gibbs cars in the top ten. Um, great job for uh, Joe Gibbs there. And I really, at that point, when that second stage was over, I thought it was their race to lose. Um, but that's not how it shook out. So uh, I was all right with it. <laughs> I was all right with it, frankly. Um, so we get into the third stage. Get everything kind of going. Um, and again, it was running, uh, fairly green. Um, we had some different leaders there. Uh, you had like Truex was up there for a while. Hamlin was up there. Um, Bell, all that, you know, it was kind of, it was a little bit of a change at the front of the field there for a while, especially during those pit stops. They ran the green flag pit stops there. We thought everybody was done. And then sure enough, no Gregson lap wrecked at lap uh 312 hit the wall that brought out the caution with like you know 88 laps to go um at that point in time um we were thinking maybe this race was going to go green to the end it did not so uh did that everybody pitted got their tires uh there <clears throat> and then we went on a another long run uh, always up to lap 373 when tyler reddick spun when tyler reddick spun that really helped uh, Josh Berry and Michael McDowell both kind of pull some strategy there. They hadn't pitted yet. That's what ended up letting Josh Berry get in the top 10. Um, because they had run enough laps since the rest of them had pitted, obviously with the tire fall off, we were having everybody had to come in for four tires. And Josh Berry was able to restart second uh, to Kyle Larson um, on a lap. After that, uh, Tyler Reddick caution. And, uh, hey, that worked out great. <laughs> you know, like, all of a sudden, Josh Berry's sitting here. He'd been in the back. He'd had kind of a rough day. He got turned and all that. And here he is with a chance to win the thing, right? Uh, they're telling him over the radio, like, hey, Josh, uh, now's the time. Go drive for it. And I, I didn't really think he was going to be able to drive around Larson. Um, honestly, as you guys know, I picked Larson to win the race. So, uh, they were there doing the, the restart thing. Um, they did the restart, like, 10 to go, 15 to go, something like that. And uh, Christopher Bell, I don't know what happened, but I don't. <clears throat> Anyways, Christopher Bell is out of there with, you know, Ross Chastain kind of behind him, kind of under him, and he just kind of drives down in there and ends up running into Byron, who's in the outside line behind Josh Berry on the restart. And 
ends up spinning Byron around. Okay, and then he's somehow blaming Ross Chastain for that. Okay, I, you know, I don't know if he saw the one car, so he just overdrove the corner, just assuming Ross was going to overdrive it. I almost think he's in their heads to the point that that's what happened. I kind of saw the 20 car lock up the front, which told me he got into the corner way harder than he really meant to. And he pushed up into Byron, knocked Byron out. Byron had a great day. Uh, obviously, he had one of the fastest fastest cars there, if not the fastest. Um, he led 117 laps, leading the lap leaders. Um, and he got turned from third um, there. And that brought the caution back out, um, which, you know, basically left us like three or four laps on the restart there. Uh, after that, it felt like might have been 10 but it, it was pretty quick so again kyle larson restarting on the front row of josh berry jo- uh kyle gets a good restart he's up and gone josh berry drops in behind him as soon as i saw berry hit the bottom behind larson i was like this is over because i knew josh was going to race the race the crap out of anybody that tried to pass him if they even got up there i knew it was kind of low because the toyotas didn't have enough laps in the run really to get their speed up to, to get up there and get him and um Josh ended up being able to hold him off, and uh, Ross got past Christopher Bell there, and um, he was. I thought I really figured Ross was going to at least get to Josh Berry, and then maybe have a chance to make a run at Larson, but it just it didn't work out that way. Um, they were both able to hold him off. Kyle Larson comes home the winner, and um, and Kyle Larson's post race interview. It almost seemed like everything is now right in the Kyle Larson world, you know. I, uh, he, he's, he's run good this year, had some bad luck, got some wrecks and, um, finally got the dub. He hasn't had one in a little bit. And, um, I don't know. It's scary to me to see the speed that all the, uh, Hendrick Chevrolets have had and see Byron on the tear that he's been on. And uh, I mean, Byron at this point, maybe should have four wins, right? Um, <laughs> he's got two. Larson's got one. I mean, them boys right there between the two of them they're probably going to go on a tear uh and you imagine bowman's going to get him a win he's been consistent um so i don't know but kyle larson is in his post-race interview uh, first of all in his burnouts after the race he just seemed excited to win like i don't know if you guys are all going to understand this but it's been a while since kyle's won he hasn't won a sprint car he hasn't won in a late model really that much it's actually been a while since kyle larson's won and i was sitting there thinking about it last night and i was like you know i don't know the last time he won and you know that's not something that i say about kyle larson very often i do think he won a late model race uh not all that long ago but he has you know it's been a little while and he's just not raced as much as he has in the past so um you know definitely seemed like his confidence his team and seemed like he was enjoying himself doing burnouts all the way around the track and all that um, and I don't know that a confident Kyle Larson is what the competition wants to see. So we'll see where he goes from that. All right. So before we finish up all that, um, top 10, uh, Kyle Larson, Josh Berry, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, Kevin Harvick, Michael McDowell in sixth out of baby Michael, uh, Joe Logano seventh, Alex Bowman eighth, Ty Gibbs ninth, and Brad Keselowski in 10th, Brad K another top 10, Ty Gibbs as well, his third consecutive top 10 in his rookie season in the Cup Series, great job Ty Gibbs, um, I, uh, I thought he was going to have a rough year, and apparently Ty Gibbs is uh, here to perform, so uh, in case you guys haven't heard that he is, and if he doesn't win, it, it won't be long before he wins. If he doesn't win by halfway through the season, I might be surprised. Like I, I feel like he's one of those guys. He's 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 still going to tear a bunch of, bunch of cars up. Like we know his record. He wrecks stuff, and he's going to continue to wreck stuff. But he looks uh, he looks pretty good, and uh, I'm sure that you know the Gibbs team has to be happy with that. Uh, they should be happy with their performance um, yesterday. Even though they didn't really get what they wanted to show for it, they ended up with you know two top tens out of it, one top five. Um, when they honestly could have had all four cars in the top ten and two or three in the top five, it just it didn't shake out their way uh, with the cautions and stuff. Um, and then you know, Denny also I didn't even tell you, but Denny sped again on pit road later. Um, you know, Denny doing Denny stuff. 
he ended up driving back to uh, 20th. Congratulations, Denny. I love it when you finish back there. Um, <laughs> Such a Denny Hamlin hater. It's not even nice. But So, yeah, it ended up being a good deal. That was top 10. Um, but, so, let's go back to Kyle Larson and the win. So, Chevrolet, five out of seven wins this year for Chevy. Um, if you're the rest of the field, that's not good. And honestly, you know, Richmond's a track that's been dominated by Toyotas lately over the last few years, so that's really not what they wanted to see. Um, not only is this Chevy's fifth out of seven, but it's Hendrick's third. And, uh, you know, the Hendrick cars are looking good. You know, Josh Berry obviously was able to get a top five. Uh, kind of off the strategy, but it makes you wonder, you know, if Chase Elliott was in the nine car <clears throat> week in, week out here, you know, you would think that he would be run up there with Larson, Byron, Bowman. You know, you you would expect him to be running top ten, top three, top, you know, two, top one. I mean, honestly, like that's you would expect him to be up there. So the good news for Chase is when he comes back, he doesn't have to worry, I don't think, about the speed of the car. I think the cars will be fast enough for him to get a win and get in. I just don't know that he's going to have time to get playoff points. So um, it is what it is on that, but <clears throat> it's going to be a struggle for him to come back. So um, overall comments... Toyota, I think, should be pretty happy with how the race went. Their cars were a lot – I mean, obviously, they're better on long runs, so they're hoping for long runs uh, as far as I know. Or they're going to go back and look and find the adjustments, see if they can make it. But um, I would kind of expect to see the same kind of deal at Martinsville probably. Um, I felt like the, the short track package raced like a short track package. I saw passes being made. I didn't see single file. There were some guys coming up, some guys going back, and then guys coming back up. Um, that was really enjoyable. That's what we want to see uh, in a race. So, um, As far as other notable finishes, I gave you guys top 10. Chandler Smith finished 17th in his debut in the Cup Series. Uh, top 20 in debut in the Cup Series finished on the lead lap. As far as I'm concerned, that's as solid as it gets. Um couple finishes I just want to point out that keep being back there. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger, 27th. Austin Dillon, 25th. Justin Haley, 29th. Chris Buescher, 30th. Like, these guys, Ty Dillon, 32nd. They're not having good years. And um, I didn't expect something to be back there as bad as they are. Uh, we're going to talk about the points here at the end of the episode, and we'll go into that a little bit more. But... Yeah, some of these guys really need to start digging down into what they've been doing and see what they can do uh, to better themselves because um, they're not great. Um, overall, race wrap-up. The race was 3 hours, 17 minutes, 37 seconds. My opinion, between 3 hours and 3.5 and hours should be the length of a cup race, and there should be a 4-hour TV window of you know, 15 minutes pre-race, 15 minutes post-race minimum, 15 to 30 minutes post-race. So... Um, I think that's a good race length, and I think that's what we should shoot for all the time. I thought I thought overall the race was pleasant. Um, so uh, overall, I give the race about eight and a half out of ten. I mean, it was it was solid. Obviously, Kyle Larson, my pick, got the dub. You know, I was pretty excited about that. Um, made me a little bit of money on FanDuel this weekend, so um, that's never a bad time. But uh, yeah. So that kind of is the wrap for the cup race. Um, you know, we're going to, I think we got a couple of news things to talk about maybe later. Uh, let's look here. Nah, let's go ahead and just knock this out. So <clears throat> kind of the, the other thing I want to talk about. Back to this whole Bell, uh, Chastain, Byron situation. So Byron came out. He didn't say anything too crazy. They showed him replay and he's like, yeah, I got dumped. I mean, that's... And he wasn't wrong. That's what happened. Uh, I don't think it, anybody was really arguing with that. Um, Bell was trying to say, you know, it was Ross Chastain's fault. And, I, and that's been the joke of Monday is that, you know, every wreck is Ross Chastain's fault. And, you know, he blamed him. But I really believe that part of it is that here, one, one's inside, one's inside, one's inside. And they just freak out because they don't know what he's going to do because he's got a reputation of being aggressive. And uh, I think it puts the pressure on him. So I think Ross is in their head at this point. Um, and they're going to have to deal with it. 
I mean, he didn't do nothing wrong that I saw. Uh, Bell ended up coming out on Twitter after, I guess, when he, you know, he got home or flying home or whatever. And was like, hey, I've watched the video. This is my fault. I'm sorry. Sorry to Byron. That's what he said. And I like that he owned it. Uh, curious to see if NASCAR penalizes him for admitting fault in an accident on Twitter. <laughs> Y'all like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, Ross Chastain's in everybody's head. And I, I just realized that. I realized that, you know, Mr. Crash Stain is in everybody's head. And honestly, to the point that me as a fan, uh, if you guys go back and look at my Twitter, I tweeted hashtag Crash Stain alert. I mean, He's in the top five, you know, 10 laps to go and on a restart. And you're like, oh, God, we're about to bulldoze the field. And, you know, overall, he really didn't. And, um, you know, but they got scared. They saw his nose and, you know, acted a fool and wreck. So uh, that's kind of my takes on the cup race. Guys, I thought it was a great race. Love the package. Looking forward to Martinsville. Looking forward to short tracks the rest of the year. As you guys know from my uh, season preview episode, I was concerned um, if if I was on a like a one to five scale of concern, I was on like a four point seven. Um, especially after the Martinsville race that I went to last spring and how terrible it was. Um, so you know I'm happy uh, that we're getting better. I'm definitely curious to see what Martinsville looks like. Um, you know uh, when we get there in a few weeks, I hope it's it's as good as this was. So. I have some optimism. If I was on a 4.9 or 4.7 or whatever, I said, I'm down to more like a a 2.5 out of 5. Like, I'm still a little worried because it's only one race and it's Richmond, and I don't really classify as a short track. But um, I feel a lot better than I did. I think the lack of downforce is good. So uh, good job to NASCAR and getting that worked out. All right, real quick before we go to the break, <clears throat> uh, we'll wrap up the Xfinity race. Uh, stage 1. Right off the rip in the Xfinity race, Sammy Smith's paint job is terrible. You people that put logos not squared up on the hood of the car, stop it. It's almost as bad as putting numbers on the back corner panels. Just, just no, don't. Don't do it. Make it look good. Sammy, that was terrible. Okay? You ran that same paint scheme last year with it straight across the hood. Let's do that next time. All right. Uh, other than that, stage one. Uh, there was a competition caution lap 35, and then Chandler Smith went on to win the stage. Um, Xfinity race, top, stage one, top ten was, they also got rained out in qualifying. See, we just don't really care about where they started in this thing. Uh, Chandler Smith, uh, he started eighth, and he went on to win stage one over Riley Herbst. Uh, Brandon Jones, Josh Berry, Cole Custer, Justin Allgaier, <coughs> excuse me, Daniel Hemrick, the two of Sheldon Creed, 39 of Ryan Seek, and the one of Sam Mayer. Um, kept it pretty clean there. First stage, they just had the competition caution, no, no crashes. Uh, stage two, uh, completely green. Josh Berry wins stage two. Uh, Josh Berry, Brandon Jones, Riley Herbst, uh, 16 of Chandler Smith. Then you had Cole Custer. 26 of... Sorry, I was trying to get all these numbers for Xfinity. It's hard to keep up with. 26 of Kaz Grala. 20 of John Hunter Nemechek. 48 of Parker Kligerman, my man. 7 Justin Allgaier. And the two of Sheldon Creed ran out the top 10 for Stage 2. So, um, they're really... Really whooping up on them there. They ran two stages caution for you no know, wrecks, and I was like, uh, "Is this an Xfinity race or is this an Xfinity race? This is strange." Um, stage three, they finally had a caution with 32 laps to go, um, due to the 51 of Jeremy Clements or whoever drives Jeremy Clements' car now. Uh, it was Jeremy Clements this week. They've had some other drivers this year, but Jeremy Clements on pit road. Um, there was a lot of complaining on the old tweeter. Uh, their comments about why they throw the caution, the car was on pit road, why they stop him. And, you know, I after going back and thinking about it, I do think you guys have something to say. Like, can we not just let teams push the car off pit road? We've done it in the past. But 
now with the rules about how far out of pit boxes you can pit and how far out of pit boxes guys can go and tires can go, I guess, you know, that we've had to change that. So they couldn't run down there and push him. So the caution came out. It also helped the entertainment factor in the Xfinity race, if we're being honest. Um, and the Xfinity series at that point basically went into Xfinity series mode. Uh, finally get a restart. And then uh, with 20 to go, um, Brandon Jones ran out of talent and slides up into the 98 car. There's a wreck and a caution. Um, lap 12, 12 laps to go. The 43 spins Brett Moffitt. For no apparent reason, um, I want to give Ryan Ellis and the 43 full credit for what the hell were you doing, son, on that one. And then uh, Chandler Smith goes on to win the race uh, on all the restarts. Uh, Chandler Smith led uh, 83 laps. He was the lap leader leader. Josh Berry led 63. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other guys led laps. Again, like the cup race, um, you had 10 lead change among seven drivers. You had one, two, three, four. You had six drivers leave double-digit laps. I mean, that's that's pretty good, um, especially for the race being as green as it was. I, I felt like it was, again, really good racing at Richmond this week. So, um, Other than that, I don't have a lot more comments about the Xfinity race. It was an Xfinity race. Um, you run down there. Chandler Smith gets the win. John Hunter Nemechek, second. Josh Berry, third. Kaz Grala, and fourth. Great run for him in the 26th car. Uh, Cole Custer, 5th, Sheldon Creed, 6th, Ryan Sieg, 7th, Parker Kligerman, 8th, Austin Hill, ninth. Derek Krause, in his debut in the 10 car for college racing, finished in 10th. Uh, Jeb Burton, kind of a notable for me. He's been up there all year running pretty solid, finished 12th. Uh, glad to see Jeb not running the back every week. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap us up for the Xfinity race. Trucks, last one before the break, guys. Uh, the trucks did get their practice and qualifying in. They were at Texas, uh, not running with the uh, Cup next May this weekend. They're running with the IndyCar Series, so um, they got their qualifying in. Nick Sanchez on the pole. Uh, Jack Wood in second. Ty Majeski third. Corey Heim fourth. Carson Hosevar starting in fifth. Um, kind of the notables, I picked Haley Deegan to win the race. She started 25th. Thank you, Haley. Uh, Zane Smith, who's been pretty quick all year, starting 18th, which I thought was a little far back for him in a truck race, especially considering there's no cup regulars in this thing. Um, so, we go into the truck race. Uh, it's at Texas. Trucks at Texas used to be actually one of like my favorite races to watch all year. And it was actually this race that Standalone was the one that we used to love to watch. Back when they had like the UPS logos, I don't know if you guys remember this, and maybe I'm romanticizing it too much in my head but i don't know if you guys remember when they used to have the ups logos painted like at the end of the travel and you know them cars they, they those trucks dude they were just absolutely hauling the mail around that track it was almost like pack racing uh i know texas is slicked off and then now they got that you know pj1 from five years ago that's still stuck on the track or whatever and it just it's not it's not good i think it's i guess that whole thing's so weird to me. I guess it's just baked in from the sun down there in the heat, but it's it's a shame because it's a great racetrack as far as I'm concerned. But uh, anyways, uh, trucks start out lap one. Chad Chastain spins, hit the wall, and then again at like lap blah, 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 lap twenty three, he does the same thing. Basically, slides up off turn two, backs in the fence. The second time looked like it was because of the damage. First time looks like he just ran out of talent, slash overdrove it. You know. Uh, probably hadn't been, you know, hadn't been on the track. Uh, IndyCar had been out there. There's some different rubber on the track. It's hotter than it was when they practiced qualified. I get it, it happens. Um, so that was it for cautions in stage one. Uh, competition caution again. Um, uh, they had to have a competition caution in the, I forgot about this. They had a competition caution in the truck race because the truck race being the standalone event, they, they're only doing, you know, three-person pit stops. You can't change tires and, and fuel on the same green flag stop or whatever. So, basically, to avoid having green flag stops, they threw a competition caution. And I don't know how I feel about it. Actually, I do. I think it's bull, bull crap. Like, I, I, it's stupid. 
Um, if you're going to do that, make it four stages and award points. If you're going to do that at these, you know, standalone events where you don't have Cup and Xfinity teams there. But, like I said, that's my personal opinion. Solely those to offer. I'm not I'm not, not a big fan of all that. I'm really not a fan of the modified pit stops. We all know these teams get pit teams down there. And if nothing else, hey, it's good tryouts for somebody else. It'll be fine. There's super late model teams and all over that have people that can change tires. I mean, it's changing tires. Hey, they might not be the fastest ones out there, but I'm okay with that. They don't have to. I mean, <laughs> it just adds something else to the race. It's a little more throwback. I really don't like... What I don't like about the, these controlled, modified pit stop races is there's no opportunity to gain or lose on pit road. And I just... I don't like that. I, I That helps shuffle the field as far as I'm concerned. But again solely my opinion so they ended up going uh through that competition caution they went um right on through for a green stage after that stage one ends the two of nick sanchez followed by the 99 of ben rhodes 19 of uh, christian eckes 98 of ty majeski and zane smith rounded it up the top five there um, after starting in 18th or whatever, like I told you guys. So good run for him up there through the first stage. Um, so that was that. Uh, stage 2, um, lap 78, the 45 of Lawless Allen. Um, for those of you that don't know, he just really likes to wreck. Uh, that's kind of his favorite thing to do. Um, so he spun out on the back stretch. That brought out the caution at lap 80. Um, and then the next caution was the uh, end of stage two. So, uh, truck guys doing pretty good. We had, you know, some solo spins, nothing major. And again, as per usual, <laughs> we go into uh, the third stage and we start doing truck stuff. Uh, Jack Wood goes to the grass with like 30 laps to go, brings out the caution. Somehow he did not tear that truck to crap going through the grass. I have not exactly figured that out. I'm glad that worked out for him that way. It's very unusual for that to go that way. Um, 22 to go after that restart we're kind of in a pack and then there's a wreck and Dean Thompson in the 5 truck I don't know even going to talk about who did all this stuff because I'm not going to name names other than Dean Thompson he basically gets wrecked he's sitting there on the front stretch for like 35 seconds and somebody just absolutely nails him I mean I don't know if the spotter didn't tell him to lift I saw that he said the brake pedal went to the floor. I hope NASCAR goes and pulls the uh, data. Because if that dude was still on the gas and not lifting, then he honestly needs to be sat down and talked to. Because that was one of the scariest hits I've seen um, in NASCAR in a while. Um, you know, there's some hits you watch and you're just like, Ugh. if you've watched this stuff enough, you know which ones look bad. And that one just looked bad. And, um... The fact that Dean Thompson had been sitting there for so long, he honestly had been sitting there long enough that he could have already loosened the belts. Um, and that's that's scary to me. I don't think he did or anything, but that's scary to me. Um, and they did have to put him on a stretcher, and uh, they took him to the hospital just to kind of further evaluate him. I, think, I believe I saw on Twitter he's okay. A little sore, but he was okay. So glad everybody was okay. Hope that we learn that we've got to slow down for Rex, though, after that one. That was, that's not what I want to see. Um, ever, much less on a regular basis. So, glad everybody's okay. All right, after that, uh, 12 to go. Taylor Gray and Daniel Dye uh, basically get wrecked. Um, kind of like the 17 kind of got pinched up in the wall, and then as he's spinning down to the inside wall on the back stretch, basically clips the 43 and spins him around. Uh, not anything that old Daniel Dye... Uh, did wrong there, but he just kind of got caught up in it. Restart again with seven laps to go. Um, the nine car Colby, nine truck of Colby Howard basically just drives it down in on the bottom of the turn there for no real reason that I saw under Matt Craft and some guys, knowing that you know there wasn't really room to be three wide there because of how the top works. It's just it's not really going to work in the turn. He kind of just shoved it down in there, ran over Crafton. Crafton was pissed. Crafton also sped down pit road through the grass. NASCAR probably needs to look into that. Again, safety thing. we got to get these safety things nailed out. Can't be angry and doing dumb crap on pit road. We've got to do better than that. 
can't be getting somebody hurt on pit road. So um, I was a little bit frustrated with that, but it was what it was. After that, green white checker one, lawless Allen spins again. Shocker. Uh, green white checker two. Um, <laughs> Nick Sanchez and um, Zane Smith were racing each other uh, pretty hard there. And basically, Sanchez was, you know, to me, it looked like Sanchez got up into to him and uh, they got together. Basically, right after taking the white flag, with, you know, 100 feet after taking the white flag, they're in the wall. And uh, Carson Hosevar comes out in the lead and uh, white flag had been thrown. Carson Hosevar's the winner. And, um, I mean, <laughs> you hate to see two guys racing for a win wreck, you know, uh, especially on the front stretch of that lap. But. It was a weird thing. Usually you would see that, you know, coming off a turn or in the middle of the turn, somebody driving it too deep or somebody, you know, trying to run it too hard off the outside. So, um, you know, I I don't know. It uh, it was kind of frustrating in the truck race. Glad to see uh, Carson Osafar get a win. Uh, he has steadily improved as far as I'm concerned as a driver. I don't know that he's ever going to be cup quality talent, but um, I think he's definitely going to be a solid Xfinity or trucks regular, um, probably for years to come. So I'm uh, glad to see him get that. Maybe he'll get a shot at the Cup Series. Sorry, man, not trying to crush you. Um, other than that, last thing about the truck race, super crazy. So I don't know what exactly happened with Hostavar. I don't know if he screwed up, but uh, he ended up getting his interview in victory lane instead on the front stretch with the flames and all that in the background. I don't know if that was like a, because it was a truck race, limited camera crew. I don't. I don't know. But here's the thing. I miss Victory Lane interviews being in Victory Lane. I, uh, I'm i not a fan of all this stuff on the front stretch. And I know that for the fans at the track, they really like it on the front stretch. And at, when I'm at a race, I enjoy the one on the front stretch. But I really want to start moving these Victory Lanes out onto the front stretch. And I want to get that whole shot of the team and, you know, the Gatorade and the confetti and the beer and the Coke and, you know, whatever. Like, I, that whole thing is just awesome to me. So I really hope that we figure out a way, uh, while the guys are doing burnouts, that we can set up a uh, a stage. You know, you have 18-wheelers set up. It's not hard to knock this thing out. Um, all you have to do to do this interview part of it is have the stage set up uh, a, a wall or whatever, and you drop it you know pull the truck up behind it with the background it's good to go let's let's try that i really would like to there's something refreshing about seeing victory lane set on the front stretch to me i just i really miss victory lane and you know i, I really like seeing them with their whole team and everything so um that's it other than that thank you guys for listening we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back all right y'all welcome back from the break hope y'all had a nice little break there from hearing my voice um so Kind of a couple things we're going to do here. We're going to hit some news, then we're going to go over the points. I know we're only seven races in, but there's a couple things I wanted to point about out about the points before we get too much into the year. Um, just kind of give you guys like a, a highlight on where I'm at with the points and what I've seen. So, <clears throat> first of all, Hendrick wins appeals. Uh, you want to talk about some points. Some points. Boy, some points, honey. Um... That's basically 440 points as far as I'm concerned. Just got awarded back to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, that's probably the biggest point-earning day in history in NASCAR as far as I'm concerned uh, for a four-car team. So good job to them. Um, <clears throat> and all y'all are probably feisty about it, but I don't know. They won the appeal, I guess. I uh, hate to give the haters juice, but... Um, how do you how do you give some of it back and not all of it? I don't did you do it or did you not? It's like this. If I go down the street and uh I uh <clears throat> I smash the window on the neighbor's car, <laughs> uh did I do the crime or did I not? And if I did the crime, do I get the time or do I just get like half the time? I mean like I, I, you know, it's just <sighs> I don't know how I feel about it. I'm a Hendrick fan, so I'm biased. I'm glad they got their points back because I want to see my drivers that I pull for not have to struggle in the playoffs. Chase is obviously going to struggle in the playoffs, anyways, given the injury. But you know, I feel like Byron's been on a tear, and I felt bad for him having to deal with you know the hundred point penalty than the ten playoff point penalty. I just I don't know. I mean, but that's what they've done to everybody else. So I 
it's what you get. I mean, if they're going to make these single spire parts where you can't mess with them, don't mess with them. If you mess with them, this was the, you know, play with the bull, get the horns, right? Like they know that's the, that's the deal. You play with the bull, you get the horns. We all know that. So, um, have mixed opinions on it. Uh, personally, as my personal race fandom goes, because this is a podcast by a race fan for the race fans, I'm excited to see my Hendrick boys back up there. As a observer of racing in general, it's it's a bad look that NASCAR keeps losing appeals to Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, this is two appeals that Hendrick Motorsports has gotten overturned. Byron last year and then this. So, um, yeah, it's tough. Um, other than that, other penalty news. Daniel Suarez with a $50,000 fine for almost killing an NASCAR official is absolutely disgusting. Should, I mean, I, Daniel Suarez shouldn't have been at the racetrack at Richmond. I, I stick by that. Anybody that hits anybody on pit road and possibly, you know, risks injuring an official or a fan or a media member, I will stick by that. I, I will stick by. I don't care if it's Chase Elliott, my man. I don't care if it's Kyle Busch. I don't care who it is. You cannot put human life at danger because you're mad about something that happened in a race car. That's like same thing. Like if you're in a basketball game, and I can say this because I got teed up for this in high school. If you're in a basketball game, you can't slam the ball because it might hit somebody in the head and it could kill them. It's not. I mean, obviously with race cars, it's a lot more deadly than that. There's a lot more potential. I mean, but you can't hurt somebody because you're mad. Like, you got to grow up, okay? Um, you're in a professional level of sports now. You're at the top of the game. Um, some people would argue there's other forms of motorsports higher than NASCAR, but in my opinion, you're at the top of the game. And in stock car racing, you're definitely at the top of the game. So um, you got to do better than that. And the fact that they let him back in the, in the car... <sighs> I can't say what I want to say and be politically correct, so I'm just going to say I think it's a joke that he didn't get suspended because he should have, in my opinion. All right. Um, Hamlin appeal. I think the Denny Hamlin appeal is this week, and I think the Colleague appeal is this week as well. So we'll see how that goes. I expect the Colleague appeal basically to go like the Hendrick appeal win. I'm assuming they did the same thing. Um, Hamlin's, I don't know. I don't think he's going to win, but he should because our drivers should be allowed to talk to the fans. Uh, through any form of media. Um, if you didn't see something on track that warranted a penalty, what they said after shouldn't warrant a penalty, in my opinion. If they say something on TV that makes the sport looks bad, maybe. But like him saying that he wrecked somebody doesn't change the fact that he wrecked somebody. You see what I'm saying? He already wrecked him. So I don't understand why you weren't considering it until he got on his podcast and said something. That's it's disgusting as far as I'm concerned. It's censorship and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Okay. Um, like I said, college gonna go the same way. Um, that's pretty much all I've got. I think on points. So we're gonna run through uh, these NASCAR points real quick. Quick reminder: cut points. I picked Tyler Reddick to win uh, the championship. I put Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson, AJ Allmendinger. Let's see, sixteen, eight. 545. That was my four I put in the final four. Um, so kind of quick update on them. Uh, the leading one of those is Kyle Larson in sixth. Kyle Busch is in eighth. Tyler Reddick is in 13th. And A.J. Allmendinger is in 24th. Not doing what I need him to do. But um, so <clears throat> overall right now, currently Alex Bowman is leading the driver points. However, he has zero playoff points. So not exactly what we want to be doing there. William Byron is in fourth in the points. He has 15 playoff points. The next highest driver is three drivers tied with six. That would be Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, and Tyler Reddick. Um, uh, man, that's... Whew. Byron is, I think, you know, the thing about Byron is... So basically, if you think about this way, we're on race seven. He's he's earned two point something playoff points a week. If he does that for the rest of the year, he is. I mean, you know, if he wins, keeps winning like he's been winning and winning. If he wins a stage every week, I mean, he's he's going to keep building the points. So um, right now, Byron is the one that you know the playoff points are a big deal. We were ten in the hole on playoff points. Do we remember that? We were negative ten. 
for some of these, you know, Hendrick cars like Bowman. Um, obviously, that their 100 points brought them way back up. Chase Elliott is 32nd points, which really crazy thing I wanted to point out. He is behind Cody Ware in the 51. Ty Dillon in the Spire car is has less points than Chase Elliott. Okay, Chase Elliott has two starts, and uh, Ty Dillon has seven. Spire might be worse than Rick Ware Racing, dare I say it. And um, I like Ty Dillon and all, so I don't. I'm not gonna talk bad about him. But they gotta do something with that team. And you know, if there's another charter that you know, Junior. If you need a charter, Spire shouldn't have one um, there. So uh, I know they also have Corey LaJoy, who is in the top 20 in points. Um, which quick note, you know, these points penalties did. You know, some guys are talking about Corey LaJoy is in 17th, 15th, 14th, whatever it was in points. Guess what? <laughs> he went the wrong way. He went the wrong way. Okay. Um, so that is what it is as far as that goes. Um, I picked Tyler Reddick right now. He is in 13th with six playoff points. Still got a shot to go. Um, Xfinity points. This man named Austin Hill is absolutely spanking everybody's behind. He is the points leader. He also has 18 playoff points. The next highest is sixth. John Hunter Nemechek and Chandler Smith both have six. Sammy Smith in ninth has five. Um, Top three in points right now is Austin Hill, Riley Herbs, John Hunter, Nemechek, Chandler Smith, and fourth, Josh Berry in fifth. Okay, these those are those are the guys that are performing every week, and uh, they're getting it done. But if Austin Hill keeps doing what he's been doing, it is going to be a long, 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 long year. I do think you could see Herbst and Nemechek, Chandler Smith, Josh Berry do a little bit better. You know, Hill has two of his wins on plate tracks. Obviously, we don't race at plate tracks every week, so... Um, definitely curious to see what happens there. But I think it's interesting to note the playoff points, 18 playoff points after seven races. Got to credit that, you know. I mean, that's getting closer to three. That's that's two and a half per race. That's pretty solid. So really good job on his part. Um, my Xfinity Championship pick was, I believe, whew, I might have to go to the notes, boys. I'm pretty sure that I picked... Uh, Cole Custer. So, to stay true to what I said, I said Cole Custer. He is currently in 10th with two playoff points. Um, Cole had some bad luck to start the year. He started turning around a little bit. He keeps running good at the stages. Hopefully, he'll get it turned around for me. Um, truck points. Uh, Tom Majeski leads the truck points, but he has zero playoff points. Zane Smith is in second with 11 playoff points. Christian Eckes is in fourth with eight playoff points. Um... You know, Zane Smith right now, I think he's not the points leader, but I think, you know, overall, he's probably, you know, he would have been the points leader if he didn't get in that wreck there um, at the end of the race with Nick Sanchez. So, um, he's pretty well, in my opinion, dominated the series. But it is important to note that Ty Majeski in the 98 has run clean, got the finishes he needs, and he's earned points. He just doesn't have the stage wins and the playoff points that he needs. So they've run consistent. They just haven't – they don't have the star power. Um, I picked Stuart Friesen as my truck champion. He is in 13th with zero playoff points, not looking too good. So I guess I threw up a big goose egg on that. Uh, when we get to halfway through the season for them, I will probably reevaluate and decide if I want to keep my pick or switch to a different one. So that's just kind of points update for you guys. Um, cup race in Xfinity, there's seven races in trucks, uh, and cup is 36 race season. Xfinity is 33. And then, um, trucks is five into 20, is it 23 or 26. I think it's 23 this year. Hold on. I'll get it written down right here. The truck race is 23. So they're, they're a quarter way, almost a quarter way through their season. They will be after their next race, which they're going to be racing this weekend at Bristol, Bristol dirt. So, um, this is usually the point of the show when I go into dirty talk, and you guys love it, but we're not doing that. We're going to go outside of NASCAR. We're going to go outside of Casper's regular race channels. We're going to talk about a couple things. Um, Formula One. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. Formula One. I bet you guys never thought I would talk about that. Um, so, F1. You know, they have that Drive to Survive show um, that everybody, you know, just rants and raves about how awesome it is and all that nonsense. And, um, <clears throat> you know, 
F1 red flagged their race three times because they're like NASCAR and they want to get a green flag finish in. Uh, unfortunately for them, Max Verstappen won again. Max wins every race they have. But, you know, they are trying to look like NASCAR, first of all, when they do that red flag stuff. Second of all, I don't like F1, but if you guys didn't watch that race at the Australian Grand P GP, they are, that track right there, can we take some cup cars to that track? I don't know what it is about that track. I like how the track looks. It's very tight, very technical. There's a long straightaway, but it's also very tight, very technical. I'm, I really enjoyed the racing there. Um, I, I vote we take cup cars there. Uh, I'm sure they run, you know, supercars or something. But I, listen, NASCAR, let's go to Australia. That's a great track. Let's go to it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. There was good racing for a Formula One race on that track, so I really enjoyed that. Um, IndyCar. <clears throat> IndyCar raced at Texas. I was talked about trucks were at Texas, right? And uh, IndyCar was at Texas as well. Um, it was a really bad crowd for the IndyCar race at Texas. I don't really know why they're still doing that. Personally, I have always wanted to go to an IndyCar race. In particular, I've always wanted to go to an IndyCar oval. I, uh, I think it'd be cool to go to. And... Which some of the boys are going to hear this and they're going to laugh. I've always wanted to go to Michigan to watch an IndyCar race or Fontana. Like, I would, I want to go to a big track. I want to see them hauling ass. Texas would have been a good track to go see them at before they put the PJ1 down the turns. Um, but the race ended up being pretty good. Um, I've watched IndyCar at Texas, you know, because I do enjoy the high speed IndyCar races and. It's just insane to me how fast they go on those tracks and the moves that they make because of the closing rate and how much downforce they have, how much you know steering wheel input they can give and not wreck the cars. It blows my mind. So I've always enjoyed it. And um, they had a really good race there. They were able to run too wide first time in like two or three years there because the the PJ1 or whatever that's baked into the track down there. And um, dude, it was really good racing. Um, it's impressive. <clears throat> You know, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Joseph Nogarden won, but I was happy with the race. I didn't get to watch all of it. Uh, I watched some of it. I am My mind is still blown watching cars go around these mile and a half like that. I think, you know, their next challenge, they can't go to Talladega because they'll die. Like, literally, like I'm, that's not a joke. I'd like to see them try this Atlanta thing, man. I think uh, IndyCar should try Atlanta. It's narrow, but they can go three wide. And, um, you know, I think it'd be wild to see them try it. I don't think that we can ever put them on a true Daytona or Talladega, obviously, because they'd be going too fast. They're going dang near too fast at, you know, Texas and all that. But um, I think it'd be cool to see them try Atlanta. I think that's as close as they can get to a super speedway race. And uh, I'd like to see what they do. So, um, but just watching any cars, man. If you guys haven't watched them, Go watch the highlights. Uh, if you go on YouTube, I think there's a there's a 30 minute version of the race and a six minute version they post. I think every week for IndyCar, and you guys should watch those and um, see what they got going on. It's a wild thing. So um, definitely have some appreciation for those. Uh, Max got the win in F1. Newgarden wins. Joseph Newgarden, the Tennessee boy, wins uh, the uh, Texas race. And uh, hey, it's a good time. So um, like I said. We're not going to do Dirty Talk today. Um, today, we are done. This is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, just kind of give you a little summary of what's going on this week. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, the Kyle Larson Late Model Challenge um, is this week at Bulls Gap Speedway. And Bulls Gap, at Volunteer Speedway in Bulls Gap, Tennessee. That's going to be on Flow Racing. For those of you that don't have it, get it. You should get it. You should get it. You should watch the race. You also can watch uh, NASCAR Locals Track Racing. You can watch like Hickory. Um, you can watch the Cars Tour. There's a lot of stuff you can watch on Flow. If you don't have it, you should get it. Uh, um, you also have this opportunity to watch the likes of Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, and Kyle Busch race against some of Dirt Late Models' best drivers. I suspect you'll see names like Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton. Okay, These guys are going to be up there. Um, if you're not big in the dirt world, you don't know, but there's at that track, they're basically having three, well, they're having technically four, five features in the next week there and uh for you know over a hundred thousand dollars and um 
it will be worth your time to watch. So hopefully Kyle Larson's thing doesn't get rained out on Thursday, and if it does, hopefully they reschedule it for next week on Wednesday. Um, I am not going to be able to attend, unfortunately, with work. That's just too much. Um, but we have that this week, followed up by Bristol. You're going to have Bristol Dirt. Uh, Saturday, you're going to have the Heat Races and the Truck Race. Sunday, you're going to have Cup Race. Um, for those of you that want to do something other than NASCAR, on Saturday night, they're also going to have a $21,000 one super late model race at Tassel Speedway, which is one of the most banging dirt tracks in America. If you've never seen it, you should. If you've never seen it and you want to go, go. I'd love to go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go this Saturday. I would love to. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to. Again, if you don't live where you can make it to the racetrack, it will also be on flow. Tune in and watch it. It's a great race. Um, other than that, we will have a episode of... Dirty Talk coming out um, with a guest host, guys. Finally going to do it. I'm bringing in a guest. Um, it's going to be it's going to be the man, the myth, the legend himself. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having somebody to talk some bull crap with and, um, you know, just kind of enjoy getting to talk about what we love to talk about, and that's dirt racing. So hopefully it's a little different for you guys. If it goes well, we'll look at uh, having more guests on the show, potentially having an asphalt guest and a dirt guest each week because um, that's kind of where I would like to head with it. And, um, you know, we'll go from there, see what happens. But thank you all for listening. Please be sure to tune in for our uh, Dirty Talk episode. Um, we're probably going to talk a little Bristol dirt. Uh, just because that's what we're going to do. It's not really a NASCAR show, but it's dirt, so it's it's legal over there this week. So uh, We're probably going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jonathan Davenport. For those of you that don't know, he's going to run the truck race now and the cup race um, at Bristol. I'm real excited for that, personally. That's my hero of a driver. Um, we're also going to talk about the sadness of a racetrack that's now closed down and uh, going out of business. And... Um, it's it's a rough thing and um it's it's gonna be a good show so i hope you guys tune in and listen thank y'all for listening to the asphalt affairs edition this week caution flag contemplations podcast thanks to all our fine sponsors particularly my man over at rocky top race wraps.com y'all be sure to check him out y'all have a great night have a great week we will see you for dirty talk in a couple days and we'll see you for a preview on friday and uh y'all have a great week and a great weekend thanks for listening Just as a reminder, please give the show five stars. Give it a review wherever you're listening at. Uh, we are now found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as Spotify. Um, if you can, please leave us any comments, reviews that you can. Uh, get in touch with us at our social. That'll be on Twitter, at C Contemplations. That'll be on Facebook, at Content Flag Contemplations Podcast. On TikTok, at Casper943. Please give us a follow. Please give us a shout. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns about the show, that's where you can reach me. Thanks.